Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 170. Sherry Salata, guys, what a lady. Now, you might know her as the past executive producer of The Oprah Winfrey Show and former co-president of Harpo Studios and OWN, but Sherry's current venture is just as exciting. Her action-packed days as executive producer on The Oprah Show have come to a close when she chose to leave and start her own company, co-found it with a friend called Story. It's a media company producing print, digital, and live event content. Sherry has been named one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business, the Hollywood Reporter's Women in Entertainment Power 100, and the 2017 Feminist Press Power Award winners. She is also co-host of a popular podcast series, This Is 50, where she summarizes midlife as she sets out to make the rest of her dreams come true. Today, I asked Sherry to come on because let's be real, I wanted to hear her story. So many facts assets of her life are inspiring to me. How she worked her way up working for Oprah, what it took to make it in the media world, her work ethic, her creativity, and ultimately what it was like leaving such a comfortable, well-known job to pursue her own path. Gold Diggers, this is a good one. You are about to hear an amazing story. Before we dive on into today's show, I want to read a review from Samantha McFerrin. She says, I didn't even know what a podcast was. When my friend told me about this awesome thing she'd been listening to, I honestly had never even heard of a podcast before. I always saw that little purple app on my phone, but it never meant anything to me. Now that little purple app feeds my creative mind and fires up my soul weekly. Thank you, Jenna. Seriously, I can't count the number of times during each episode I think to myself, stop. Whoa, wait a minute. That was gold. Rewind. Take notes. How is this free? I feel like I'm stealing awesome little nuggets from a marketing genius every week. Thanks for being a mentor that I've never met. Thanks for inspiring all women to be themselves and to know their worth. Truly changing lives, my friend. Y'all need some Jenna in your life. Get off the reviews and subscribe. Sign up. All the things. Love, Sam. Sam, 
Thank you so much. This was one of my favorite reviews ever. It means so much to me to know that hitting publish each and every week with these episodes is changing your lives. And friends, if you have not taken a moment to just leave a review, could you do it already? (laughs) It would just help me out so much. And it means a lot to us as we continue to produce this content for free for you. So without further ado, you guys, let's meet the woman herself, Sherry Salata. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Major shout out to ShipStation for supporting the Gold Digger podcast. Right now, try ShipStation absolutely free for 30 days and get additional month free only if you use my promo code GOLDDIGGER at ShipStation. Head to www.shipstation.com and use the code GOLDDIGGER. Make ship happen. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited to have you. Jenna, I'm here at last. I know. It's been like months in the making. (laughs) We're two Midwest girls. We've been been reunited in podcast land. We are so, so lucky to have you today. So first things first, I have just been so captivated by your story. I heard you on my amazing friend, Lori Harder's podcast. Lori was a guest on this show as well. And you really touched me and I knew that we had to get you. So first things first, can you just share a little bit about who you are, how your path has unfolded and kind of where you are today? Well, it has been quite a twisty turning path. <laughs> it has been quite a twisty turning path. So I really, I grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago. And, you know, I went to a Catholic high school, yay, Carmel Corsairs. And I went to the University of Iowa. And then, which I love my little Midwest stint there. It was fantastic. And then I made some very interesting decisions. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you I've decided they're not mistakes, but at the time it was really kind of a kind of a something I should have rethought, which is I packed up with no money and moved to Dallas, Texas, and then for the next 6, 7, 8 years had an array of very strange jobs. I managed toy stores. I was in the 7-Eleven supervisor training program, so I knew how to break down a Slurpee machine. <laughs> I typed at a in the legal typing pool at a title company. So I had this weird, very strange thing where I would get the wrong job and I'd try to turn it into my retirement plan. Instead of saying, wow, this isn't a good fit, Sherry, why don't we have an exit strategy and thank these nice people for their time and move on? No, instead, what I would do is say, okay, I'm going to be the best whatever that there ever was in history. And when I'm 60, I'm going to look back. And so it was really, I really was not able to make the decision to leave any place until I was totally miserable. So Mm -hmm. misery was definitely my compass. And then I got a big break when I was 27, and that was 
the fiance of my best friend in high school hired me to be his secretary at an ad agency. And that changed everything because he was so talented and so experienced. And he took me under his wing and taught me how to produce. And for the first time, and now, mind you, I'm 30. So, you know, I'm at the time where it's hard to make changes the older you get, because you think that, well, my 401k has money in it, or, you know, I'll have to start over. My life is the living example of start over as many times as it takes. So I started over, not once, not twice, but about three, and I'm on my fifth start over. So I started over, got the job, you know, became a producer. And then all of a sudden, again, I could feel that pull that it wasn't all there for me. I didn't want to just produce television commercials. I wanted to tell stories. And when I was 35 years old, and most people don't know this, I did not start working at the Oprah Winfrey show, which is, you know, a big, huge part of my work life. I worked with Oprah for almost 21 years. I didn't start there until I was 35. Wow. That was another do-over because it was an entry-level job. It was way less money. It was starting at the bottom. And I will tell you, I could have cared less. The minute I walked into Harpo Studios and felt so lucky Mm -hmm. that Harriet Seitler hired me in creative services, I felt so lucky. I felt like I won the big money, the Powerball big money. And, you know, I would have done anything and I would have done it for free because once I was there and I sat at my little desk and we all had TVs on our desk and then we could see the tapings that were going on in the studio. And, you know, Oprah would be talking to like some of the biggest wisdom keepers of our time. Mm-hmm. And it was my job to sit there and take notes. And basically, I will tell you, that was my career for almost 21 years as I sat and took notes. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it's really an amazing thing. And then finding, like looking around, looking at people like you, Jenna. So I'm in my mid fifties. I'm not done working. You know, my work is completed, owns in good shape. And it's time for me to go because I'm looking at you guys. I'm taking meetings with people like you who are running your own thing and using your own creativity and innovation on your own projects. Mm -hmm. And you're getting up when you want to. You're, you know, you're living a regular life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was a little bit of something I had to put on the back burner in order to deliver. That's amazing. You know, what's so interesting, Sherry, thinking about the Midwest, too, is I feel like there is a different mentality about career. And I'm just curious if you've experienced this is, you know, my parents had the same jobs from when they were my age all the way till when they retire. And there's just this stake in the game where you get a job, you get a salary, you get benefits, and you just keep showing up. And so was it kind of hard to keep pivoting? Did people think you were crazy? Well, Jenna, honestly, I think my family, my extended family, because we're all very close, all my cousins, my aunts and uncles, I think everybody was very worried for me. Yeah. I was the oldest grandchild on both sides. I think my parents were worried sick. I had a lot of promise. I was the creative one. And I had a lot of promise and it just, it just wasn't paying off. And, and on top of that, I was miserable. Mm -hmm. So I have the 
jobs that aren't good and I'm miserable and I'm broke. And the more miserable I am, the more miserable things become because it's just a downward spiral. So, you know, I would say, I mean, it was, it was just a big mess for a lot of years, but I did have, you know, in speaking about that Midwestern mentality, what I call it is my lunch pail mentality. Mm-hmm. Like I you are paying me for a job. I will pack my lunch in my little lunch pail. I will stroll off, you know, to work. I will punch in the time clock. I will work through lunch. I will give you a thousand percent at my own expense. Now I will do what you're not even asking me to do, Mm -hmm. you know, spend all of my life, you know, trying to deliver. So it was very much that thing where I thought it needed to be one thing. I was trying to make it a good thing. You know, my dad, I decided at one point when I was in Dallas that maybe I'll go to law school because, you know what, that sounds important. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to, I definitely was looking for significance. And he's like, great, great. And yes, you should go to law school and you'll go at night while you work during the day. And I was like, <laughs> no, that's <"Yeah>. awful. <laughs> well, how's that going to work? How am I ever going to have a social life? So yeah, it, I, I bounced around for quite a while, but once I found my thing, if I wasn't willing to start over all those times at 35 years old, God knows what I would have ended up being mm-hmm. or, or where I would have ended up to be because that's when I knew I was in my groove. Yeah. So let's talk about working with the Oprah brand. Like, what was that like? How did you work your way up through the ranks? Like you kind of failed to say that you were the co-president of OWN. That's huge. So kind of share a little bit about that experience, because I know we're all just curious. Well, the team was in, you know, they were 10 years into the show and they were number one and they were the best in the business. And I watched closely. I got great advice from my old boss, Perry, who told me, because he knew you go into Oprah's world like that, your head is spinning a little bit because you are like, you're at the show, Mm -hmm. the big show. And he said, all you need to do is put your head down and do what they're paying you to do. Do what's right in front of you. Don't worry about what's coming six months from now. Don't worry what's coming a year from now. Stay humble and just keep your eyes on your own thing and just do it as best you can. And it was such great advice because there were some really dynamic, accomplished people there. And, you know, by just focusing on what I was doing and observing and learning, you know, I was able to grow, grow without, you know, trying to like, oh, when am I going to get promoted? What What's going to happen here? And quite frankly, from the entry level position I was in to end up executive producing the Oprah show was statistically impossible. Mm-hmm. It had never happened. I think one person before me had moved from the promo department to the show <laughs> in those days. So, I mean, the fact that I would end up being the executive producer of the show for the last five years, that was crazy. It was totally crazy. So, you know, and, and that really was the strategy really was this. Just love it. Appreciate it. Know that you are on this incredible ride feel such thankfulness, you know, try to keep your normal work bitching down to a minimum Mm -hmm. because, you know, I did that too, but just try to keep it to a minimum because that's creative power there and do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I just can tell that you have such a strong work ethic. And I want to pivot this conversation because fairly recently you left your co-president position at OWN and started your journey. And what I think is so amazing about you, Sherry, like what lights me up when I think about you is that you continue to reinvent yourself and what I admire is that I feel like you listen to your gut when so many of us would tend to ignore it. And so can you talk a little bit about how you knew it was time to transition on with your career? Well, it w- really was a big Chardonnay conversation <laughs> with one of my best friends, Nancy Halla. And we were sitting in my backyard and, you know, we've known each other for right now, almost 28 years. And so Nancy was a working single mom, divorced, two awesome kids. And she'd do these amazing things. Like I just watch her going, wow, she would like in her free time, do all this writing for fortune 500 companies, you know, to pay the bills. And, but mostly, you know, her, to her kids, she was a full-time mom. It was a quite a juggling act. Meanwhile, you know, I'm working 80 hours a week at the show. So we had come together. Nancy had moved out to LA shortly after I had moved out to LA full-time and we're just sitting there and I, and I was telling her about all these young entrepreneurs I was meeting and I'm like, golly, you know, they're like building things of their own. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, and here's the truth. I want everything. I want all the things that I put on the back burner. How about you? And Nancy said the same thing. She's like, I want great soulmate love. You know, I want to have the body of death. I, you know, I want to be, have my health you know, be awesome, you know? And so we just kind of sat there and said, maybe now is the right time. Maybe now is the right time for us to do something together. And that's pretty much how it happened. Mm -hmm. And every moment of it, like, I remember my first week of, you know, we're like, we founded our company, you know, we're co-founders and she'd call me up. Hello, co-founder. Hello, co-founder. And I remember the first week I did a bunch of ordinary things that I hadn't done in about 20 years. Cause I was working. I went to the bank and cashed my own check. And I was by, I was just being myself. I went in and introduced myself to everybody like, hello, Alex. Hello. And you're Joanna. Hello, Joanna. I'm Sherry. I'm in the neighborhood. And they're looking at me like, gosh, you're really odd. But I realized what was happening was this joy of ordinary life was bubbling Mm -hmm. out of me. And I just like, oh, my God, I'd come up like, oh, my God, I just had this most incredible experience at the bank. Or, (laughs) oh, my gosh, I was just at the little coffee house and everybody was so nice. So that, you know, it, it was indicative to me that long time coming, girl long time coming. You need to inhabit all the areas of your life because you do not want to get to the end of it and say, wow, she had a really great job. Yes. That is not what you want your headline to be. And then you have all these other areas that are basically unlived, you know, and that's really my clarion call is I don't want to live an unlived life. Mm -hmm. I don't want an unlived life. I, you know, and, and it's great And I'm so grateful. And it was one of the greatest rides of my life, but it was also all consuming. And so I can bless it and kiss it and be very happy and grateful for all those experiences, everything I got to learn. I mean, the Oprah show gave me a spiritual life. Mm -hmm. That's priceless. 
it changed my, it changed me forever, you know, simply just with that. Mm -hmm. So now, now it's really about, I get up in the morning and then I say, what, what is going to bring me the greatest happiness? What's going to fuel my creativity? What's going to make me feel aligned and connected with the all of all? And that is really, it's it's really changed my experience of living. I love that. And I think that it's so important for so many of us, especially entrepreneurs, because I think that a lot of us get wrapped up in titles and accolades and income and striving for more, 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 more. And there's this gentle nudge sometimes in our gut that we don't listen to. And I feel like you are so in tune with that, that it's really inspiring. So let's talk about your idea of the pillar life, because I think it's something that can really just help lay the groundwork for other people to see kind of how to really live your best life. Let's talk about that. So China, you're going to love this because, you know, and I've been to the mountain girls. Mm -hmm. I've been there, you know, I've had the big gigantic titles and that's super great. And it's not everything. And at the end of the day, and mark my words, this is going to happen in the next five to 10 years. The savviest, smartest, most respected, most admired women are going to be the women who have the most quality of life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mark my words, that's what it's going to be. So the foundation of what Nancy and I are doing is it's a total commitment to radical self-care. And that's my greatest advice to any anybody is making radical self-care where you really understand that your happiness, your health, your well-being, you are the steward of those things. And those things come first because that's what's required for everything else to be great. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, here's what we did. We looked at, we said, okay, let's look at our lives and let's give ourselves areas Let's give ourselves pillars just so we have a little bit of structure in this lifescape that we're looking at. And we landed on seven so far, health and wellness, spirituality and happiness, romance and sex, friends and family, creativity and innovation, formerly known as work. We don't even use the W word anymore. Mm -hmm. Discovery and adventure and sanctuary and beauty. And Every time Nancy and I are together for a professional conversation, for a creative conversation, for, you know, personal, just friends conversation, or we're recording our podcast, what we're talking about is, hey, how are you working your pillars? How are you touching your pillars? How's it going? And it's given us this framework so we can ensure that we are living that quality of life. Mm I've never, my life has never been so elevated. I've never been so happy. I've never felt so free. And it's basically because another 50 something year old friend and I looked at each other and said, it is never too late to make the rest of your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And I think I want to ask your opinion on this because I think that self-care has such a weird stigma around it. And I think as women, we are the worst at it. Like it feels selfish, which is hilarious because if you can't be full yourself, you can't fill up other people. How have you kind of transitioned from being in such a giant role and probably a workaholic in some tendencies 
What does that look like as a practice in your life now? Right. Well, listen, I had more information than just about anybody on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to do it. I didn't choose to do it. I didn't choose to make it a priority. And in the end, I would say that that was was a mistake. That just being excellent at producing someone's best life or your best life is not the same as actually being transformation Mm -hmm. and being transformed. So what it looks like as a practice is looking at those seven pillars, deciding what matters, creating little practices which within each of them. And so here, here's an example. I love to talk about meditation. Mm-hmm. Jenna, you and I could talk about meditation for two more podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I could talk about the benefits. I could talk about how wonderful it is. I could talk about how transformative it is. Or I could sit down and do it every day. Mm-hmm. And you would say, hey, Sherry, you seem so happy and light and, you know, it just seems like everything's going your way. Well, Jenna, I meditate every day. Mm -hmm. So that's a practice. I make sure I meditate every day. I completely had to overhaul my my diet, not go on a diet, mind you, Mm -hmm. because I'm never doing that again. You know, I did that for 30 years and with great success and great failure. So I overhauled that. It's like, and I basically said, what is nourishing to my body? What, when I eat it, what makes me feel great? Mm-hmm. Turns out it's a lot of organic leafy plant-based stuff. You know, it's like that water thing. Yeah, I really should drink more water. Oh, instead, no, that's a very sacred practice for me. Like massive water every day. I had to give up the gallons of diet soda. You know, I just basically went through and instead of telling myself a story about deprivation and gotta and shoulds, I said, what will bring me the most happiness? Mm -hmm. And I went through and I just decided what all my little practices were going to be. And I put things in place to remind myself. I review my pillars. I take a look at them. I remind myself I'm gentle and tender with myself. I kind of leave that CEO, let's get it done voice behind. Mm -hmm. And I just am very tender with myself because you know, I haven't, there's a lot of areas I have not had success at. And I'm like a little, I'm like growing little sprouts mm-hmm. here. And, you know, you have to use your tender voice. You have to use the vo- same voice you'd use with your pets. Hello, my beautiful darling. How are you doing today? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Let's go. Let's elevate. Let's rise. Love that. Okay. I have a two part question and I'm kind of excited about it because as you're talking, I'm like, okay. I want to know first, Sherry, what do you believe makes Oprah, Oprah? And in the second part of the question, I want to know what makes Sherry, Sherry? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a really good question. That might be a stump. No, I like it. You well, can do I'll this. I'll tell you what, I have an answer. Yes. I have the answer. I have the answer I think Oprah would give okay. you. What makes Oprah, Oprah is that she's herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't try to be anybody else. She's just herself and authentically herself. And I would say that's true of me. Mm -hmm. I did learn that one at the feet of the master because I'm in earlier days, I'm sure I was trying on lots of different personas, but I would say I am most authentically myself now. It's like, I know who I am and she's great Mm -hmm. and I fully embrace her and I really no longer, I've changed that voice. I monitor it very closely to make sure she is uplifting and kind Mm -hmm. and uh, to myself. And yeah, that's the answer. I love it. 
I love it. Okay. So one thing I want to ask you is what was it like? Because I know a lot of times when we as women decide to do our own thing, a lot of times we're losing these titles and this prestige and these positions and you know, the titles of executive and co-producer and all these things to start our own thing. And so did you at all feel like you had kind of an identity crisis as you transitioned out of your role as co-president and started your own journey? I did not. And I know that's not true for everybody. I did not. I did not have an identity crisis. I felt like I became more of myself. Because of the stories that I, I was telling you, that being all of a sudden inhabiting my hours, inhabiting my life, when I'm, you know, taking off the glasses of, well, Oprah like this, I wonder, you know, does this fit the Oprah brand? And then being like, well, Sherry like this. Does Sherry like this? Do I like yep. this? Do I think this is valuable? It's super rewarding, you know, to put yourself in the position to do that, that you are that your opinion about your content is yours. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, gold diggers, listen up. Many of us are in the business industry and it's no secret that when you're selling products online, getting your orders out the door quickly can be super tough. All of that prep that goes into shipping sucks precious time from your business, which is why I recommend ShipStation. It's fast and an easy way to manage and ship your orders all from one place. Whether you're using Shopify, Squarespace, Etsy, or over 75 other popular selling channels, ShipStation helps you get your orders out quick and keep your customers happy. Gold Diggers, right now you can try ShipStation free for 30 days and get an additional month free only if you use my promo code Gold Digger. Don't wait. Go to ShipStation.com. And before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Gold Digger. That's ShipStation.com. Enter Gold Digger. ShipStation, make ship happen. So let's talk about story. Can you tell the listeners what story is, how you decided to start it, and kind of what captivated you to go the direction you're going in right now? Well, listen, Nancy and I, we did a couple things. Like uh, I'm sure as you find, if the greatest entrepreneurial secret is don't try to have it all figured out the first month. <laughs> yes. You know, don't try to, and, and, you know, I have a little bit of that, you know, I have a little bit of that, produce it up, get it done, da, 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 da. And then I'd be like, we were going to do, we were going to take on a, a client or two, because obviously I was getting lots of requests, you know, to do what I did for Oprah, for other people. And I was on the phone with somebody and I was like, bibbity bobbity boo, listening, listening, listening. And I could hear some moment I had in that, in that call where I said, okay, listen, you've given me a lot to think about. Let me get back to you. I got off and I said to Nancy, we're not doing that. I've done that for the best person in the world. I'm not doing that again for the not the best person in the world. Mm -hmm. And it just became very clear that we're both writers. We are on this, this adventure, our pillar life adventure, a total commitment to reimagine and, and revision the middle of life to make the rest of our dreams come true at an age where a lot of people are hanging it up mm -hmm. and waiting for the clock to run out. And we're like, that's a great story. Let's tell that story. <laughs> 
So that's what story is. Story is because Nancy and I have been telling each other stories since the day we met. It's kind of like our mother company. Everything kind of lives inside there. Our most public brand is This Is 50 with Sherry and Nancy, our podcast, which thanks to lovely people like you, the downloads are skyrocketing, having me on to talk about it. And, you know, we continue to expand and figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, what I think is so amazing, Sherry, when I think about you is, so I'm 30 right now. And I think what is so exciting is just to know, like, it is never too late to make a decision, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. What kind of advice would you give for somebody that is just kind of going with the ebb and flow of life, feeling like they can't pivot, they can't change, it's too late, they've already created this identity? What would you tell them? Hmm. Well, I would say that's not true. It's it's just not true. And that the earlier you can figure out in your life, I mean, it took me quite a while, but the earlier you can figure out that happiness needs to be your compass and that you've got to have meaning and it can't be your a whole and complete lived life isn't just being somebody something. Mm -hmm. It isn't in relationship to somebody else, like somebody's mother, somebody's wife, somebody's daughter, a fully inhabited lived life is about you. Which is why coming back to the the idea of self-care, understanding that you're your best asset, Mm -hmm. you're your number one fan, you're the person who most cares about your story. Really, it's not too late. And where I think that you can get help and support in that is by cultivating a spiritual life, by finding that that connection, whether it's to nature, whether it's something, a spiritual practice, whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, and really beginning to reframe that story for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because the more you say, I cannot change, the more things stay the same. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that sound bite right there. Like, come on, Sherry, that was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just, I love it. I love it so much. So what has been the most rewarding thing about this new venture? Like what just fires you up and excites you? Oh my God. It's so it's it. Well, here is my truth. I talking to people like you, Mm. there was a time in my life where I would not have had time for something Mm -hmm. like this, you know, to, I had a conversation the other day with somebody that you like very much who just reached out personally, Amy Porterfield. Yes, I love her. Yes. And all your great people, Lori, I feel like the world is my oyster. Mm -hmm. Like I'm meeting these amazing women and age is not a factor. Mm -hmm. It's like my my new friends are span the gamut. So I think the most rewarding thing is really being able to connect with other people who, you know, who see their lives as magical and filled with the opportunity to make their dreams come true as I do, because that is what is exciting to me. Mm -hmm. That's what I really want. I want to be around people who believe, people who believe that it's possible and who are just, you know, filled with positivity and with a stunning, delicious vision for their lives. That really inspires me. Oh, I love that so much. And I think too, what's so beautiful is when 
You are a strong woman who does believe and who believes in abundance. I think every woman you listed is an abundance believer. And there's so much proof in that. There's so much room for all of us at the table. And I think that it's so incredible to connect with women who believe in abundance and who teach abundance and who come together in ways that doesn't say like your success is my failure, but like your success is potential for me. It's just so inspiring. Yeah, it's so, I totally agree. Ugh, so I am just super curious about this. What does a day in the life look like now compared to when you were working as the co-president? <laughs> because I feel like it's got to be a really unique juxtaposition. It's really different. Honestly, here is the thing is I probably get up earlier now. Because, mm-hmm. I've, you know, for two years, I've been in this massive commitment to, you know, health and wellness. So I get up really early like this. What did I get up this morning? This morning, I got up at five and my English bulldogs, Bella and Kissy sleep in. I have to go wake them up at seven. Amazing. They sleep in. So what is it? it? Like, I really like to meditate first thing in the morning. I did. I, I finally, I got myself a Peloton bike. Oh, Jenna. yeah. I got it because I was too fat to go to Soul Cycle and keep up with the class. So I did my little Peloton ride. And what else did I do? So I might do some calls. I really like to keep a chunk of time for writing. Mm-hmm. So and that that's the first thing to go. So I need to turn I need to flip that script. All kinds of little things here and there tend to take up time, but I will, I'll go have lunch outside. I might call my dad. He's back in Chicago, see how he's doing. I like to check in with Stan every day. I might buzz down to the coffee shop with my computer and do a little work. Our coordinator, Courtney, who is a gem, she and I will sit down and try to plot out some social media strategies And it's generally, there's a lovely pace and almost everything in my day is about making sure that it's contributing to my pillar life. Mm, I love that. What pillar is the hardest pillar for you? Romance. (laughs) (laughs) Let's dive into that a little bit though. I know. What has having relationships looks like for you? Because to me, you sound like that person that put their head down and their job was their romance in a sense. So what does that look like for you? Well, okay. So here's how Nance and I are tackling it on our podcast, because that's (laughs) where we're always talking about this. Nancy is a huge online dater. She loves it. She thinks it's the most fun thing in the world. I have never done it and refuse. <laughs> so if we have a literally have Dr. Laura Berman is our a love coach and sex therapist. And she basically tells me I've got to do the inner work, mm-hmm. which means I've got to like kind of take down my armor. I have to do the daydreaming. I have to magnetize him to me. So we're working that pillar. <laughs> we have not had great success yet. But, but that is part of my dream. You know, Mm -hmm. I want my great soulmate love and I know it's possible and I know it's my own beliefs that keep me from that. Mm -hmm. So you have your great soulmate love. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the hardest work though. I think what you're talking about that inner work, like we've been, I've been digging into it probably the most in the last year, we had two miscarriages and it was like just this like hard 
season of like, who am I? Where is my identity? And I think that so many women put that work off because it's freaking hard. It's harder than any job. It's harder than any relationship. That relationship with yourself is sometimes impossible. So what kind of things are you doing to really discover who is Sherry? Because you sound so confident and so grounded, but I know behind all of that, There's got to be something, you know, that just feels off or that you're not quite sure about yet. Well, listen, I just did this incredible experience. It's called the Hoffman process, you know, and and it's expensive. It's like $4,800 or something like that, but it's an eight day intensive program. I did it because I knew that I would find some answers or I would unblock some blocks Mm -hmm. because it's a very intensive thing where you really figure out where some of those beliefs got anchored in you. And I have to tell you, I came out of it kind of like my head was spinning. (laughs) I was kind of like, oh my God, it was like the last place I want to go back into is childhood. Yikes. But I feel like there's just a softening there's a a softening heart space piece Mm -hmm. that I continue to kind of relax, which really is the key, you know, to my next steps in love. Mm -hmm. It's the thing where when you have to run a massive operation, which was the Oprah show and Harpo studios and own, you kind of have to like shut down and toughen up because there's a million things to do. You're making 10,000 decisions, you know, in in a single day, you barely have time to think anything through that. It becomes a little, you become a little mechanical in a way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't have time to go meet new people. What if they want to have a 20 minute conversation? You have no time for that. So you get a little shut down. Of course, everybody also has everything in the world they want you to give Oprah. So you really can't let anybody in. Mm-hmm. So part of my journey these last couple of years is opening myself up to the magic of connecting with other people, much less a man. So I think that it's all tied up in that. And I feel it through the ethers, through the mists of Avalon. It's right there. Mm-hmm. It's right there. It's so close. I relate to that so much. And I'm a married woman, but I, when we are running empires and businesses, like I have had to just take the emotion out of the business to make like the best decisions I can make. Because I think when we're emotional, it's like this energy suck, but it also causes you to build up walls to protect yourself and your energy and your decision-making ability. And I think that relationships can just become so hard. I know I was just telling my husband the other night, we were laying in bed and I was like, you know, I'm just not ready for small talk anymore. Like I, I want like deep relationship oh and I God. want like three of them, you know, like I want three friends in my life. <laughs> I don't need a hundred. I don't need to be seen. I don't need to go out and be photographed. Like I just want depth. And so I, oh, I just relate so much to what you just said. Yeah. You are, you are singing my song. Yeah. I almost can't have a super official conversation yeah. anymore. I can't do it. I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. And for many years I was, mm-hmm. I could yickety yak about the same old crap over and over and how I was wronged or blah, blah, blah. Now, honestly, if it's not a conversation I'm adding 
I'm adding to the light Mm -hmm. and I feel uplifted. I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. I love that. My husband goes to a local gym and he always stays after and chit chats for like 30, 40 minutes. And like, for me, I go in, I work out, I say, hello, I'm cordial. And then I leave, you know? And so I'm just like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I've either got things to be done or I want to invest in the right relationship. So Thank you for sharing that because it made me feel a little less alone. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So what are you most excited about right now? As we wrap this up, like what is something that you are just so fired up about that you are just bringing to the world? I have to tell you, this podcast platform Mm -hmm. has blown, blown my mind. It blows my mind how great it is. I mean, I was so snobby, Jenna. I was so snobby. I was a TV girl. I felt like podcasting was like FDR, fireside chats, radio from 100 years ago. I I was very snobby about it. And I was like, I I have no time for that. Then getting into it and and a good friend said, you guys really should do that. I'm like, okay, well, geez, I'm a producer. I could produce it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The level of variety of content to choose from, Mm -hmm. the intimacy of it, the feeling of connection and engagement. I think it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's the thing I'm most excited about. And eight months ago, if you would have said I was going to say this, I would be like, (laughs) oh, I'm so sorry. That will not be me. I would have not have been open to that Mm -hmm. idea, but I'm so glad. And this is what I'm going to say about, I'm very proud of myself for, for developing, which I did not always have, an openness to, okay, well, let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see the magic. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's coming up for a reason. Let me see. And then being really open to feel the joy that I feel now, you know, doing our show. And it just comes through in your conversation and your voice. Like it is so evident. And podcasting is just amazing for anyone that's considering starting a show. Just do it because you are adding value to the world. And and what I love too about having other women podcasters on the show is so many of us are producing one, two shows a week. People listen every day. We need good shows to tune into. So it's so fun to share. I just, I love it. So you feel like you're a part of something. Absolutely. So let's go into rapid fire. So what is one thing, Sherry, in your life that you are thankful for right now? No question. My co-founder and great friend of almost 28 years, Nancy Holla. This would not be fun if I was doing it by myself. I love it. And what is your dream for your career? I'm living it. I'm living it. Yes. And what do you wish women would just learn already? The most crucial, crucial thing is the commitment to radical Mm self-care. Amen. What is the single best piece of advice that you want to leave our listeners with today for a happy and purposeful life? It's what I most believe and what has truly set me free. You are supposed to live the life of your dreams. Mm. Oh, amen. Sherry, where can everybody connect with you and find you and just get to know you? You radiate beauty. I just have to tell you this, like just looking at your pictures and your face and just, oh, you just exude it. So where can everybody find you? 
Okay. So a number of places. You can, of course, listen to the podcast. This is 50 with Sherry and Nancy. It's on all the podcast platforms. You can go to our website, story.co, story.co. Join our dream tribe. We send something out every week. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook at Sherry Salata. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and your talent and just for inspiring us today. I'm so glad I got you on the show. Jenna, thank you for having me. What a show. Sherry is just proof that it's never too late to change the path you're on. No matter what age you are, no matter what title you hold, you can always pursue your best life. I just really love hearing her story about how she listened to her gut because listening to your gut is hard. And I think for so many of us, we get comfortable, we get complacent we get afraid. I mean, I've been afraid so many times in my life, but hearing how Sherry listened to her intuition and really went out after that life that she knew was possible for herself, but wasn't really pursuing. I think so many nuggets of wisdom were dropped from Sherry. And what I love the most is just that openness and honesty. You can tell she has an incredible work ethic, but that shift from just working to really investing in yourself, man, that's not an easy one. And I think that she is paving the way for so many other women to do just what she's doing. I am so grateful to have guests like Sherry on this show. And I just want to thank you guys today for tuning in and listening. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.